Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. What are we talking about today, Bob? I don't know. I mean, I I was watching The Grinch over, you know, it was such a boring story. And then I was watching, you know, the little, you know, the little island of misfit toys yeah. and the other Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, this is like, we're, we're post, this is right post New Year's Day. Yep. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I just, so many Christmas and New Year's stories. I'm just. So we're talking about storytelling today. Are we? We are. Uh, so let me get excited again. So okay. let me tell a story. <laughs> so, so, so intro, we're talking about storytelling. So no teasing. Nope. Uh, who, who presented it? This is, uh, from, uh, Lori Blue, as she's known in our Twitch Okay. Stream and on Discord, so Le- she's always Lori, a generator thank of you. great ideas. This is a wonderful idea. A lot of energy. In fact, Metacasters, this is this is part one Ooh. of a multi-part episode. Are you going to so, say part two? So we're so we're teasing you for part two. <laughs> All right. Okay. So so what we're before we get into it, just get us your feedback. You've heard this before, but listen this time because it's another story we really care about. Feedback. We try to answer questions. You're what's driving the topics in our direction. So please give us questions, themes, topics to discuss. We embrace that. Absolutely. The other thing we like is what, it, like little likes or something? Is it? Yeah, likes, any shares, anything you can do. Shares, help likes. Help us out. The more we get those, the more eyes and earballs we get. Did I say earballs? Earballs. The more you eyeballs said. and ears we get in front of, and that helps us deliver on what we're trying to do. Earballs. That's right. All right. You'll never forget that. So on to the episode? On to the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Hey, everyone. He's fired up. How y'all doing? Yeah. Oh, you brought the y'all, but like you hit him with a y'all pretty early. Yeah. I don't have much energy. I mean, the cold. I have a cold, and so and we just did a stream. So I'm yeah. So I I'm getting my energy out. So we need. I've to, got a monster. Would you like a monster? No, you can, yeah. You want to crack that open? And <laughs> no, no. Fire it up. No, no, no. no. Oh. It would help you with energy. Okay, so we've got a question. From a, um, a listener re- from a from a listener in Boise, Idaho. Uh, no. Um, no, she's in Ohio. She spent uh, the holidays in Michigan. She's in our Twitch stream all the time. Oh, heavy contributor there all in right. chat. Let's go for uh, it in Discord. So she's there. She she asked us about storytelling. Yep, and how that plays and how you can use that to influence the world around you you'll as an to, agile coach you'll have to carry this one josh because i really don't have a don't lot of- you start with me we already we already talked pre pre-recording um that you've got more passion about this than i do so i so here i'm going to lay it out for everybody has there been a metacast episode yet that is focused on the use of storytelling to get your point across to peers leaders or other stakeholders in the organization that may be a good topic so as i read that to bob bob went ooh. That's good. So I'll start. I'll start this way, but I want you to chime in. Oh I yeah. Um, so I, I do the certified agile leadership class, mm-hmm. and there's I, when I it's a two or a two and a half day class. It's mm-hmm. Scrum Alliance certified. Uh, it's targeted towards leaders, mm-hmm. uh, agile leaders, so senior leaders. Sometimes I do it to an entire leadership team. 
very often I prefer to do that. Uh, there's a top 10 set of things. So there's learning objectives with the Cal from the Scrum Alliance. And as an instructor, I look at them and I'm like, I try to cover them, but then I, they give every instructor customizes the course to themselves. Mm -hmm. So I look at like, what are my top 10 things? Right. So leadership storytelling is in my top 10 and we actually, so one of the, one of the exercises we have very early in the class actually is what is your why? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is your, I want you to be able as a leader and I asked every leader to work in small groups and to share. So what is your why? Like, why are you going agile? Not why are you in the class, mm-hmm. but why? What is your organizational why? So what is so? What's the story at the top level? Okay. What's your you know what and what's your what's your story for the people reporting to you? Mm-hmm. And then what is your personal why? Like why why the heck do you support it? Yeah. And and then I want to practice like actually so think of it as elevator pitches. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things it's not just storytelling, but I think as coaches. We need to be able to articulate our whys, mm-hmm. right? Not, not, you know, personally, and it starts personal. So, so it doesn't start organizationally. So you can have an organizational why, but if you're like, you, if you have if no, you don't connect. If you don't connect, yeah, if you, you right. don't care. Well, then you're just you're just slapping your gums together up there. So I want to I want to sort of have people to articulate that. Uh, the personal why is usually very personal. My personal why is I have cases where I've seen it. You know, I've behaved badly as a manager, mm-hmm. and I'm embarrassed by that. Yeah. I'm honestly embarrassed by it. And then I've converted myself or changed, and I have cases where my personal agile why right now is I've seen it work. Mm-hmm. I've seen it create better ecosystems for getting shit done, but also for creating an ecosystem for that where teams have fun. Mm-hmm. So you have happy customers, you have happy stakeholders, you have happy teams. Yeah. And doing that well and trusting and getting this, you know, sort of the relationships, the ecosystem well. And leaders leaders play an important part of that. So one of my personal whys is I've I've actually had the honor, the audacity, the privilege to see that work and that motivates me. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I wanna I want to do that again if I can. Yeah. I want to influence that. Uh, and and then I've also had the pain and, and I talk about that. So I, I, I don't know if you can, I don't know what format you can communicate that to people other than storytelling. Uh, so I think the notion of storytelling, fast forward 30 years from now to 30 years from now, I think one of the, the fundamental paradigms for people, for leaders, is to communicate effectively is the art of story. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs is. I, I play some videos in the class of Steve Jobs. I don't know if you've seen it. He did the uh, the Stanford University um, graduation. He did about a fifteen minute mm. uh, sort of. He talks about himself. Yeah. Uh, so and it's a wonderful example of to me of storytelling. He's tell he tells three stories at their at the commencement at Stanford, and they're pretty darn compelling and. You can learn from it. Like one of the examples of uh, storytelling is personalizing it. Mm-hmm. So not telling you're not telling a story like from a, you know, sort of a, a Donald Trump. You know, I don't mean to be <laughs> no, but but sometimes politicians they're, yeah. they're they're telling these you know they're they're pompous or mm-hmm. they're telling grand, uh, Steve Jobs. He made it personal. He talked about like he 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 was at a commencement, his first story, and I remember. So I'm remembering this, right? Uh, and I haven't seen the video a hundred times, but he talks about he went to 
uh, he actually uh, dropped out of a university. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of he's at a commencement uh, speech like, Why at one I of here? the most prestigious yeah. universities on the planet, yeah. literally. And and his he starts telling the story of you know I couldn't I couldn't cut it, and but then he, he wrapped it in. He told how that connected him to graphic artist or calligraphy mm-hmm. and how that influenced the Mac later on. So he drew this wonderful connection in story or prose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, it was a, it was a wonderfully effective. I think that's an effective m- metaphor, an effective mechanism for uh, leaders to connect to people and to inspire them. I just think, and so, I rambled there to maybe inspire you. Well, it, and you did, and I just was thinking about stories, and I've got young kids, and right out of the gate. Everything is taught with stories. Yeah. Right? There are books that teach kids lessons. You go back to Sesame Street, right? Sesame Street doesn't sit down and say, well, we're going to teach you about trust today. They have stories and they take you through with their characters where they make mistakes, they stub their toe, and they're forgiven, and their friends trust them and they help them. So there's, from birth, almost, our culture delivers lessons and learning with stories. You know, I think about reading a business book. Do you want a a book that reads like a textbook that just gives you a list of 12 things to do and there's no story behind it? People draw those connections from those stories where they can begin to assimilate that in their mind and associate it with themselves. They can start to connect the dots and and just the culture of who we are you look at movies and TV and books and podcasts and everything else that's out there, it's all telling a story. Like nobody just wants to be talked at. Right. It's, it's, it's the human condition of how we learn, I think. So to your point, I don't know how you become a good leader without the capability to tell stories. I don't think you're inherently, you know, I, I'm with you from childhood and et cetera. I don't know if we're good storytellers if we don't practice it. It's like writing. I remember when I wrote my first book, I, I, one of my motivations for it is I sucked as a writer, as a business writer or as a writer in general. So I, I have a tendency to want to challenge myself yeah. to get better. So I think, I, I don't know if we are inherently, like Steve Jobs you know, is rare to me, mm-hmm. but I think we can get better if we practice it a lot. So, so that's, that's sort of the motivation of, oh, okay, we want to be a more effective communicator. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then what's the, what's the vehicle for that? And to your point, it's not, it's not PowerPoint. Mm-mm. It's not bulleted lists. It's not mission vision or something. It's not esoteric. It's, right. it's this sort of, in, in a, I do, I've done some presentations around storytelling and I, I bring up songs. I don't know if you, like some artists, Elton John for me mm-hmm. has told stories, uh, who else has uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young has told stories. Jim Croce, if you've ever heard of Ice Jim. Cube for me. Ice Cube, okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. I'll take that. Yeah. Who, so people in song who've who've been able to paint a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's uh, gosh? What's the guy's name? Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. For, yeah. Bob Dylan for me. When some of his songs come on, I mean, I literally so part of storytelling to me is the imagery that you get, mm-hmm. right? You're you're not just saying words; you're painting. It's almost like a mental tapestry right. of you're painting a picture for folks yeah. to really connect to. And I think as leaders, you know, you don't become a Bob Dylan 
uh, the goal is not to become a Bob Dylan, but the goal is can can I get better and better over time? And I think I think you just start telling stories. Yeah, to me, it's a it's a now there now there's things that I've done to study. So there was a period in time where I was working pretty heavily on my creative writing. Um, I I took some classes yep. in college in a previous Twitch stream, we talked about some of the classes I took in college to get my GPA up. Yep. Um, one of them was creative writing. It did not help my GPA right. because I was not good. Right. Um, so I, so I learned pretty early that I wasn't that good. And after college, I spent more time working on it. Um, right. I met folks like you that wrote books that wrote blogs and I tried, but I was never happy with it. So I went and I invested and, there's a book by Stephen King called On Writing. Okay. And it's interesting because that book is a story, but it teaches you about writing. Okay. So it, it so he illustrates exactly what we're talking about, where I learned a ton of how to write better, but it was mostly with Stephen King telling the story of how he became a writer. Yep. And that book, more than any of the other more textbooky type books that connects with me and lives with me in my brain whenever I'm writing or even when I'm talking, right? It, it has shaped how I communicate and it was a story. Yep. And that, that really personifies, I think what we're talking about, but the only way, just like we've talked about a million times is you just, you just have to do it. Now, now there's in, in my class, I don't do it in each class and I actually have a recording, I think, somewhere uh, of someone who did it but I asked people to tell the story in, in, in front of the class mm-hmm. and then the class critiques them mm-hmm. in a safe environment where you're getting honest feedback so part of practice is just telling stories another right. another part of improvement is if you don't get any feedback yeah. you're, you you're making yeah, you're the just, continual yeah. mistakes you're and just stuff. wandering so, so you. We, were, we were giving that and it was really useful to have people to because not only are are the folks who are listening to the story critiquing it, but they're learning themselves, yeah. right? So, so it's the 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 value is going both ways, yeah. Uh, and and I thought that was valuable. Now it takes a lot of time to do that. So one of the reasons I don't always do it is storytelling preparation. Mm-hmm. Then in a class of if you have a class of twenty people, twenty people telling stories can take up a couple hours yeah. of time in yeah. critiquing. So I'm not always willing to make that. But there are some people in executives or leaders, there are leadership seminars where that's actually what they focus on, communication. Mm-hmm. They'll spend a day videotaping and critiquing each other with things like that. So you can actually take it up a level. Right. But it's all that storytelling. Some of the aspects of storytelling, let's talk about like what are some of the things. Um, make it personal. Yeah. Personalize it would be something. Um, there's the... Um, there's the Oreo cookie model of tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Mm-hmm. It's a very, <coughs> it sounds, it is simple, but it, and it, but it's it's still a very useful metaphor. Uh, so what else? Uh, any 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 critical? I, so one of the best things that happened to me was my first national conference I was going to speak at. I happened to be working with somebody who was my peer. They were the VP of product and. I was excited and nervous about this opportunity to go speak. So I wanted it to be really good. Um, and this person had been through, through Toastmasters. So he made me get up and present in front of him. And he, he didn't rip me to shreds, but he ripped 
the approach I took to shreds and, and his point was, this isn't a story. This is just jumbled up thoughts that add value. But if you can take someone through a journey, then you're in good shape. Um, and, and so that's where that was one of those kind of wake up moments for me where I, where I had to learn how to paint that picture for somebody and not just talk at them and not just say, Hey, this is, this is what you need to know, but to connect the dots for them and help them understand that there's a path, there's a way for them to figure this out and not just, again, not just talk at them. That, that was the big thing for me, but it wasn't easy. I had to receive and hear that feedback and I had to internalize. It took me probably a day or so to rework the entire presentation and bring it back and put it in front of him and say, Hey, now is this better? Do you hear a story? So I had to think about how do I transform, transform these words into a story that was a beginning, a middle and an end of, Hey, here's the problem, right? Here's the turmoil, the drama that we went through to try and figure that out. And here's how it worked in the end. And here's the lessons learned. I didn't just line things up in, in basic storytelling. Like here's the problem. You don't wing it. I mean, one of my reactions, so one of the things not to do is, is don't, don't try to wing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you prepare your stories. One of the things I do in the class and I'm not trying to make this about the cow class, yeah. but I, I give people a journal, and one of the and I hope that leaders do journaling, and one of the valuable aspects. So I don't think stories pop out of like you're in front of your you know, 100 people in your team, yeah, and you want to communicate something, and a story pops up in your head, a complete story, and you can tell it. I yeah. I don't even think Steve Jobs would do that, right? No matter how good you are. So I think you have to mine your your day-to-day activity. You have to mine your past. Mm-hmm. You have to mine previous companies. You have to mine for stories. Like when I tell stories, if you if you hang out with me long enough, you've heard this in the Metacast, I've told some of the same stories. I may use them in different ways, but they're mine stories. I may twist them, but I prepare them. I have yeah. a, in the back of my head, I have a story repository and I'm trying to communicate. It's not telling the stories, it's what am I trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. What point am I trying to get across? So I think you have to start creating that repository, and journaling is a way to do that. And, and then once you have a story hook, then it's beginning, end, right? Be- beginning, middle, end. How do I? And then practice it, and then start communicating that. And then some. There may be variations depending on what you're trying to communicate. How much? How much of the story do you prepare in advance? Like I'll tell you what I do is. Oftentimes when I'm having a large team gathering and I'm trying to relay something, I find a story and I work it through in my brain, but I don't, I don't have every sentence or everything lined up. I've got, again, I've got the, the problem, the solution and the end. And I fill in the gaps. I do the same. I I do exactly the same thing, but you have to have that. And I may even replace a middle. Mm-hmm. Because this situation is different, yeah. So I'll put another middle in. Not that I'm sort of lying about the story, but it's the point. So I think storytelling has a goal, mm-hmm. right? You have a communication goal. You have a communication intent. Uh, it's not a PowerPoint. You're trying to. You're actually trying. One of the aspects of I think good storytelling is you don't want people. You don't want to tell them what to think. 
you want them to come to their own conclusion at the end of the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, so it's so it's, it's the show don't tell, right? So right. that so that was a huge thing from that Stephen King book. Right. Was show don't tell, and I was terrible right. at it. So right. the same thing with that conference talk that I gave. Right. I was telling. It was tell, 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 tell. Right. I didn't show. I didn't show my experience. I didn't show our journey. Right. I didn't let them build their own narrative of what exactly. it was. Exactly. So that's that's part your your now again you're you're getting them close. Right. Right. From a from a from a that perspective, but you're not necessarily so you're allowing space for them to conclude. In my coaching, sometimes I do something like this. I don't know if it's a story per se. But if, if people, they ask me, they'll bring an idea, uh, a lot of times as a coach, and I'll have this response to say, you know, uh, I've tried that a hundred times, mm-hmm. uh, and I've only seen it work. So, you know, I've, and I'm not only have I tried it, I've seen clients try it. So literally, and trust me, I'm not making this up, out of a hundred attempts, I've seen two two times has it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a story about, the 98 where it, here's some it fails because of this and this yeah. and then the success story is this so i might give them and so not all stories are sunny day stories mm-hmm. some i think actually the more powerful stories are for me personally failure stories i can you know sometimes with a client you know it's like tell me something that you haven't done well okay i have right. <laughs> trust me i have some failure yeah. stories let me let me share with you a failure story uh, and then let me share with you how I recovered from that failure, how we recovered from that failure story. So it's so you're you're giving folks like ends. So I'm not saying do this. I'm not saying do this. I'm I'm giving folks the odds, and mm-hmm. it's like hey, choose. If you take the two case, you know it's risky. If you take the ninety eight case, right? Maybe you modify that. Uh, but it, I'm not telling you what to do. One of the things that I that is a it's one of those winning moments for me whenever I coach. And it's funny because I'll go home and I'll tell my wife, I say, hey, guess what happened today? So-and-so decided to do X, Y, and Z. She's like, oh, they finally listened to you. You've been trying to get them to do that for six months right. or whatever the time period right. is. But it's one of those things where if I go in and tell them, do this this way, they're going to do it because I ask them or tell them to do it, but they aren't going to believe in it. Right. So... I always play the longer game with I want them to discover the answer on their own, be it even at the board level. So there's board level stuff that I've done where I come home and like, hey, it finally happened. Like they finally decided to do this and it wasn't my idea. She's like, but it was your idea. You don't get the credit. Like I'm not here for the credit, right? What I know is that I was able to successfully transform that whatever in a specific way and they discovered it on their own. So now it's their idea. They're bought in. They're all over it. Now they want to help it succeed. It's just not this other guy out here pushing them to operate differently. So that's, and you don't do that without stories. Exactly. You have to plant those seeds, tell those stories, get their minds thinking about it. But but now, now you have a new story in your journal. Because you can tell that story to another team mm-hmm. or to another client yeah, absolutely. or another group or another organization in your current company. And you can tell that story. It could be a story of success, of failure, of recovery, right. of whatever. 
and now, I mean, you don't have to, but we should right. share that story. Mm-hmm. I would always be talking about other teams or a scrum master. Maureen Green was a scrum master, the, one of our more experienced scrum masters at Eye Contact, and she had a wonderful rapport, and she had a wonderful demeanor. She was much better trust than I was. Mm-hmm. And I would use Maureen Green's stories, not to embarrass her or whatever, and I wasn't putting her up on a pedestal. These were just stories. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Maureen, I jumped to the gun too fast. And and you can, in a story, be self-deprecating. I mean, stories can, can have these multiple facets. Right. You're, you're talking about behavior. You can be self-deprecating. You can be, you can be talking about the vision, where we want the culture to go, mm-hmm. all in one story, and just share that story. Now, I think a danger is we become like Johnny Appleseed. You don't want to become. Yeah. You no, don't, you've gotta, you, you don't want the organization, oh, here comes Bob, you know, crap. We're, we have to we have to like pause, turn our phones on pause because he's going to be telling us stories for forty five. But that minutes. doesn't happen if your if your content is real, right? Right, like like you talked about politicians, right? There's so many times where you know they don't know what they're talking about, right? And it's clear, so then you just shut your brain off. Right. But when somebody you trust that you know has experience is talking. People sit up and listen. Right. Now it can't. To your point, it can't be this like I'm going to drone on for the next three days about the same thing. Right. You've got to have that um, not just consistency but diversity in the stories that you're telling. Absolutely. Otherwise, it just becomes redundant. Like there was a CEO that I worked for that there was one story that was told over and over again, and it was always new to the new people. But the people that have been like, yeah, okay, we've heard this story. So they just shut off. Yep. So in company meetings, 70, 80% of the company just shut off because yeah. it's like, oh, here's that story again. So you got it. You got yeah. it. This is where I think, I think of it as mining for stories. And you have to be an observer. So it's not just taking notes. It's observing like fresh eyes, mm-hmm. observing the land. And this is cool and agile. So I, this is where I think storytelling in agile is so relevant because stuff is happening around us. You know, we're running experiments. We're sprinting. We're learning things. We right. have newbies. We have people leaving, coming and going. All of this stuff, you're observing. If you look on the other side of the window, you're observing what's going on. Now you have to pay attention, and you can mine it for yeah. stories. I, you said something. I was in a conference once teaching. So the reason I get perky about this is because I've done, had some talks around it. Mm-hmm. I've incorporated it in the cow. Someone in a conference, uh, I'll never forget... They asked the question, it's like, do the stories have to be true? And I'll just never, I never forget this. And and it, I paused. So very, very rarely do I get speechless, but I was like. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. And, but I was like, you know, 20 seconds later, I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, I said, I, I think, for, at least for me, I can't tell you. So you can tell a BS story if you want. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I start making stuff up, yeah. I forget the stories so people will call me on it, yeah. right? Because so I try to be true. So I try to be. So every story I tell is based on true, a true situation, a true, mm-hmm. a true encounter. At the same time, I embellish them. I reserve the right to, for, to make the point because I'm a storyteller to an yeah. outcome. Right. Yeah. I reserve the right to embellish them a little bit. 
but safe embellishments. But I'm not lying mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I won't remember it, and then I'll look like an ass the next time because, and it'll be I'll lose the trust of the organization because mm-hmm. I made stuff up. Right. So I think it's one rule of you know rule of thumb is to, is to ground them in truth or ground them in reality, but don't don't be reluctant to embellish to get the point across. A question for you. Is it just for leaders? I was talking about... No, heck no. no, So storytelling. Yeah. Is it an organizational thing or a leadership thing? Uh, I think leaders are required to be good at it. I would... To be successful leaders. But can scrum masters tell? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it only helps you. It only enables your communication to be received more effectively. Again, we go back to the show, don't tell. That's walking away from that Stephen King book and it was almost a novel was that now i i try and frame things in a show don't tell right because i know i am a fact-based person yep so it's like it's blue that's it yep discussion over yeah as opposed to okay i'm going to show them it's blue i'm going to show them why it's blue i'm going to show those things and then they're going to say oh it's blue i get it now as opposed to me just being like dummy it's a blue right but that's that's how my brain works so it's it takes a lot of effort and energy for me to hit the brakes on myself and rework that into a story luckily i'm old enough now that i've got enough stories to make that happen now 20 years ago when i was new i just didn't have that many stories um but i've just built up to your point the repository i've just been observing along the way i've been lucky uh, with the challenges i've been put in front of and the teams I've been a part of and everything that goes along with that, that we've done some cool stuff and it's provided me with lessons learned. Yep. One, one thing that we didn't talk about so far is I have another talk that I gave. It's called putting the story back in the user story. Mm-hmm. And the way I start this talk is I talk about the original intent. And, and I, again, I'm not a buddy of, of Kent Beck right. or, but but I, I was using Agile back in the day when user stories were on three-by-five cards. And the intent back in the day, in the early mm-hmm. recesses of user stories, was they were not words on a card. It was not as a I want so that. It was a story. So the words generated discussion, mm-hmm. almost like a campfire, a little mini campfire, where, a, where an XP team would sit around with a customer or right. a surrogate, and yeah. they would talk about, they would get excited about the requirement. They would get excited, what is it? What does it not? What does it look like? What does the design look like? And they would get, ex- there was storytelling. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a campfire, and then the next card would come in, and then a campfire, and we've lost that. So with Jira, with tools, mm-hmm. with templates, mm-hmm. with backlogs, with pressure to get stuff out the door, I don't think product owners nowadays and I put that burden on them a little bit. I think product owners should become storytellers with their story stream. Absolutely. They should create yeah. this, almost this notion of it's not, the, don't look at the card. Don't look at the words. Let's look at the essence. Let's have a conversation, all of us together. Well, I found that's what great product owners do when they're introducing a feature or functionality to a team yep. is it's not, hey, I've created these 45 stories. Let's go. Right. It's okay. 
folks, here's what's happening. Our customers are running up against there this. There you go. Like, what problem am I trying yeah, to solve? right. So it goes back to problems. I saw this, right. yeah. I saw this customer, yeah. and they struggled, and sweat came down, and yeah. they really got, they got frustrated with it. And we can do something about that. That story, that's narrative. Yeah. That's that power of narrative. But that doesn't happen if you're always doing just-in-time planning. And the number of teams I see right. that continually respond with just-in-time stories. So right. they're in planning, and they're finishing up their stories, or they're sizing right. stories, or they're adding AC, or they're doing whatever. The only way you can get to storytelling is if you actually get good at refinement, yep. and you have a well-refined backlog, yep. and you can you can do that. You can spend the time the space investing that, right? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many people that are just, oh, I. it's like they they... Maybe they aren't. I don't know what happens, but they create this other busy work that prevents them from delivering on their primary role of creating and telling stories. Well, the, creating this shared vision rather than a list of requirements to yeah. be executed, right? right. It's a, it's, it may not be a Gantt chart, but it's a list of things to implement and just just do it rather yeah. than let's be creative, let's mm-hmm. solve problems, let's look at outcomes. Right. And that was the essence. I mean, literally, the cards were not in, in the early There's probably a reason it's called a user story. Exactly, exactly. And we've lost that over time. And, and what I try to do in the workshops is to get that back. I actually have a breakout where uh, I have some scenarios where I inspire people to tell, to write stories mm-hmm. and then to just have, get, get a really energetic conversation around what is the goal. Right. And I can't tell you energy level low, energy level high around that. And it's not just the energy level. It's 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 getting the team over here. It's work, over here. It's team based problem solutioning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're tra- yeah. And it's and it's the collaboration. It's the ideation. It's the innovation comes from the the storytelling creates that innovation and the creativity mm. gets everyone in the game. Yeah. There's no way you leave a story. T- you don't leave a storytelling episode disengaged. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You do leave backlog refinement. You can leave that disengaged. So I wanted to bring the sto- the the product no, owner that's really good. story aspect in as well. Do you think we covered her? I, net net. I feel be- so. Here's here's what I'm mentally wrestling with. I feel like we talked about storytelling, and we didn't do it in the manner we're telling everybody to do it in. Like, did we really present like here's the problem and here's the solution, and here's the re- like? Uh, I feel like we should have done a better job telling a story about storytelling. Oh. Maybe that's another... That's like next level. Like if we had done that, then we'd be like, no, yeah. No, 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 we set the stage for that. Could we do that in another Metacast? Sure. Why don't we do that in another Metacast? Okay. We could do like a role play or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's we keep getting feedback that role playing is the way to go. So we'll, so we, we'll, whatever, yeah, we'll do that. Let's do that. Okay. Because okay, I'm excited. All right, so are we let's, done? So we stick a fork in episode yep. one. We have an episode two teed up. It may not be directly the next yeah. episode, but yeah, I'm excited about... I'm sorry about the telling stories. Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. You're Bob Galen. I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And make. Take care, y'all. <laughs>